do what's going on hey we got some new intro music yeah, new year groovy. yeah new year new intro music <laughs> so we do something a little different here all right everybody what's going on welcome to the geeking squad podcast here on the geeking poetic channel <laughs> yeah there we go I, of course, am your host, Larry Roberts. Over here on my right is my co-host and none other than... Megan Guess. And, uh, yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Meg. Happy New Year. So, it is 2024, and we've been gone for a little bit. We uh, we haven't done... I know we say we're going to do this every two weeks, but, you know, <laughs> the holidays make things a <laughs> little crazy. We finally wanted to get back to this. We're going to be playing a little bit of catch-up here, but this is a show, if you're not familiar with us already, this is a show where we talk about pop culture stuff. Mostly, we talk about stuff that has been shared or discussed in the Geeking Squad group on Facebook, which is a group that the two of us here uh moderate and run Mm -hmm. and in that group people are free to share memes or articles or stories jokes polls all kinds of things related to the stuff that we love which would be movies and tv shows and cartoons and comics and music geeky pop culture yeah geeky pop culture that mostly for gen x geeks like us but you know not not just limited to that completely uh yes So this first segment we're going to get into is one of our favorites because it's kind of the catch all where we talk about what's going on in the latest news of pop culture with films and all that kind of stuff. And it's a segment that we call. What's shaking, bacon? So in 2024, that hasn't gotten old for you yet? Nope. Okay, she still likes still it. Still loving it. All right. Well, unfortunately, it, the thing is, we always start off our happy, fun loving show with talking about dead people. <laughs> Just like, you know, I Meg. O- yeah, Meg over here is like the kid in the sixth sense. She sees dead people. No, we like to pay tribute to those uh, artists and uh, actors, musicians, whomever that were a part of our growing up or whatever that have recently passed away. We just want to mention them in loving tribute. And these next couple uh, had a big impact on me in different ways. These were two different artists that had different connections to the Beatles in a sense. And they both passed away within just like days of each other. Mm. So first up, we had musician Denny Lane. Now, Denny was initially known for being the uh, leader of the Moody Blues back in the early uh, 1960s. He famously had a big hit with a song called Go Now, which if you're into the old 60s stuff like me, you'll probably know that song. But where he really kind of became mostly known was because he hooked up in the early 1970s with none other than Paul McCartney, as well as Paul's wife, Linda, and they formed the band Wings. Now, you've heard of Wings. I've heard of Wings, yes. Okay. And uh, he was with them for nearly a decade. And ironically, the same day that Denny passed away just this past month was the same day that they re-released the most successful album Wings ever did, which was Band on the Run. Now, mm-hmm. you know Band on the Run, mm-hmm. right? Okay, Yeah, that was that was by far, I would say, that was their biggest album. They, they had a bunch of hits, but Band on the Run is the one that I think most people associate the, uh, Paul McCartney and Wings with and stuff. So they just recently did a special 50th anniversary package because it came out in 1973. In fact, I think I talked about it some when we did our uh, top five albums of 1973 a couple years ago. Mm. 
And sure you did. Yeah, I probably did. But because I love that album. But anyway, the same day that they announced that that package came out. uh, Yeah, Denny passed away at uh, age 79 after having been ill for a little while, apparently. So that's a shame. It's a shame he didn't get to at least stick around long enough to see all the new wave of accolades and, you know, (laughs) praise that the album was getting because, uh, you know, it brought a lot of attention again to this awesome album from 50 years ago. But yeah, sad to hear about Denny. He hadn't worked with Paul since the early 1980s. Yeah, I was really sad to hear about that. Another one that I was even more sad uh, to hear about that passed away just shortly before Denny's passing was that of singer and actress Sandy Farina. Now, I'm sure a lot of you out there are probably going to go, I don't I don't know who Sandy Farina is. Well, Sandy Farina was a successful session vocalist. That was kind of what she'd been mostly doing over the last several decades and stuff. She was singing on a lot of uh, other people's sessions, doing commercial work and everything. She also wrote a lot of popular music. She wrote for artists like uh, Barbara Streisand, and uh, I think she did something for Kenny Rogers. She had done a bunch of different songwriting things. But what a lot of people, especially in the pop culture world, would know her for was that she, in the late 1970s, appeared in a movie, a movie very near and dear to my heart, (laughs) called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, starring Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees. It is a very infamous, infamous movie. Uh, some, some people think it is absolutely terrible and other people like myself absolutely love that movie. Uh, and she played, uh, the lead female character in it. She played Strawberry Fields Mm -hmm. and she sang the song Strawberry Fields in that movie. She also sang a really great version of Here Comes the Sun in that movie. I love that movie. I love that soundtrack and I loved Sandy Farina. I was such a big fan fan of her she had a wonderful singing voice even the stuff she did in the 1980s she had done some solo work and everything she had a song that was kind of a minor hit called body talk that was in a couple of 80s movies and stuff she was great she was such a unique talent a really standout voice and everything and uh yeah she passed away at only 68 years old wow yeah it's a shame it's young yeah, that, it is it's, too young. For nowadays, that is yeah. way too young. And I, I don't know what it was she passed away from. I couldn't find... I'm, I'm going to guess it was probably cancers or something like that. So anyway, yeah, it was disappointing. And I happened to find out this news just by chance because I really wanted to listen to the soundtrack. And I, at the time when I wanted to hear it, I had no other way to listen to it other than to go onto YouTube. And I looked it up and one of the first things that came up was the clip of her singing, Here Comes the Sun. And I was like, Ooh, I want to, I want to hear that. Cause that's one of my favorites. And I was watching it. And just while I was listening to her sing the song, I said, I'll look down at the YouTube comments. And I started seeing people saying, you know, rest in peace, Sandy, and all this. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) And only to find out that she just died. Like it just happened. I do that way too much. Wow. (laughs) I always do that. Like I'll think of somebody like some random person and I'll be like, oh, I wonder whatever became of that person. I'll look it up and I'll find out they died like yesterday or that day or whatever. I do that a lot. And I I apologize (laughs) because I think I'm bad luck. But in any case, she was in. Uh, an actress and a singer and did not get anywhere near as much success as she deserved. So very sad to hear 
that Sandy Farina's gone. And I know some of you out there are like me, and you love that silly-ass movie and that soundtrack. So let me know in the comments if that was a favorite of yours, too. Because <laughs> that's something I plan on doing a longer thing about in the future. I've talked about it with some of our friends, some of the other Geeking Squad members, you know, like mm -hmm. Mike Rees and Eric and all those guys. I am doing a Sergeant Peppers episode. I don't care what <laughs> y'all say. band together, right? Yeah. Uh, you see what I did there? Band yeah, together. Oh, boy. It's a band on the run. Right. See, see what we did there? Oh boy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to something completely opposite. Let's pick it up. Something really positive. You told me about this one. So what's going on here? Yeah. So I came across a photo, technically, I don't know if it was actual article, uh -huh. but Brad Paisley. So if you don't know, is a country singer. Oh, I know Brad Paisley. He's <laughs> you, awesome. You do. Yes. Um, and his wife, Kimberly Williams Paisley, who's an actress. Right. Kimberly Williams. Yep. Uh, they had worked with Belmont University since March of 2020 to open. It's like a free grocery store, but it's referral based. Okay. So you can go and get free groceries if you needed that. Right. Um, so that alone is awesome. But yeah, and this, I think that was just called The Store. The right? Store, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but this year, this December, they, in addition to that, opened the toy store in the same premise where they gave away free toys right. based on referrals. Right. So, same thing. So, that it was a very giving contribution to society, and I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, Brad Paisley is awesome. Mm -hmm. From everything I know, because, you know, from the Seymour Duncan thing, I know a little bit about you know, Brad Paisley and everything from everything I know, he's a really good dude. He's a really like generous down to earth kind of guy, even though he's a huge star and yeah. everything. So that doesn't totally surprise me that he's doing these kind of charities. That's really cool. Yeah. Not just the groceries, but then doing like toys at Christmas and stuff. That's wonderful. Yeah, I was pretty excited when you showed that uh, picture to me. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I forgot. I always forget that he's married to Kimberly Williams, too. Oh, do you? Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's really cool. I'd be curious to know how many people that helped out. Hopefully a lot of them. So I know you have some other really exciting news on a more personal uh, interest level. I'm not that familiar with this TV show, but I know you talk about it all the time. Yes, this is one of my absolute favorite. So I was so excited when they did this spinoff show. Right. It's called Leverage Redemption. Right. And they have announced that the third season is finally coming. We had to wait over a year for this thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's finally here. And not only is it coming, it is moving from free V right. to prime video, which yeah. is huge for them. Yeah, that's great. Because free V, I mean, I got to be honest. Like free V is cool. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't watch it that often. No. And if I do, it's to like watch old reruns of shit. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of like those things like Pluto and all that stuff. I don't really watch it to watch like exciting new programming. Right. Prime video on the other hand Heck is yeah. way more high profile. So that's yeah, really good. It's a good. much bigger platform for them yeah. to go off of. But from what I understand, the old seasons are still going to be on freebie. Okay. Well, that's fine. For now, but the new one will be out there. So I'm super stoked. I absolutely adore all these characters and they're all coming back. One of the original creators is coming back to help I out. I saw that. Yeah. So I am 
So stoked. Yeah, let us know if there's any uh, leverage or leverage redemption fans out there. Yes, you know? I am not alone. Join me, please. Yeah, Meg wants to talk to y'all. <laughs> I need you're... to talk to somebody who knows what I'm talking about here. <laughs> exactly, because I've never watched it. <laughs> I, I may have seen, I don't. I know I don't, I don't think I've seen redemption. Maybe I've seen an episode of it. I saw a little bit of the original leverage and stuff, because I think they were showing that on like Pluto, right? Isn't there like yes. a leverage channel? Yeah, there's a whole leverage channel at one time. It's not there anymore. But Oh, it's not. Yeah, I, oh. I binge watched like crazy. Okay. Well, it was on Pluto, so. I'm sure you did. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Um, speaking of shows that we binge watch a lot, uh, we have to get into our beloved Star Trek. Yeah. So we talked earlier this year, we talked at great length, great, great length about <laughs> Star Trek Picard. Because unlike a lot of other people, we overall, we really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Again, just like with the other seasons of Picard, there were some things to nitpick, but overall, I thought it was it was it was pretty great. You know, I I really did enjoy it. It's one that I want to go back and watch again at some point. But that, along with Strange New Worlds, which now you have you watched Strange New Worlds? I absolutely have, and it deserves every nomination it gets, except for the musical. Okay, the now I, I gotta be honest. As much of a Trekkie as I am, I've never watched Strange New Worlds. And you love Christopher Pike. I love all those characters, number one, and Christopher Pike and all them that, like, I, I know it's so made for me. Get that show stuffs together. I don't have time. Watch it already. I wish I had time, but I just don't have time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I and, and for the record, my buddy Eric told me that he thought the musical episode was great. Eric Shade loved it. He was oh, saying, "Eric, Sh- oh, oh, that's that's different. Huh? If it's Eric Shade, then it's Come like, oh, on. I should have known." Yeah, so that that that's all you need to say. Eric, she's dissing you, man. <laughs> I went, don't I? I love you, Eric. <laughs> no, he said he thought it was really good, uh, and that the one character was like a really good vocalist and all this stuff. I think uh, he was probably looking at it more from like the musician standpoint. You know what I mean? They okay. Well, in any case. Yeah, we'll have to save that for a whole episode once you actually watch it. In any case, so Picard, Strange New Worlds, and the animated series Lower Decks, which I've watched a little bit of, and it's okay. It's kind of funny and stuff. But those shows have all racked up a total of 15 nominations for the Saturn Awards this year. That's awesome. That is awesome. I like to see it get some respect because I really feel like across the board, whether it's from critics or just general audiences or even from trek fans i know strange new worlds has gotten pretty pretty good you know props from the fan world and everything but and lower deck seems to be really taking off is it yeah i started watching it i was having a heck of a time getting into it they yeah. talked so incredibly fast, which is funny because I talk incredibly fast <laughs> too, but I couldn't understand them. Yeah. But I, I need to go back and give this a fair shake because it's really getting a lot of credit now. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and you know, yeah. Maybe, that doesn't surprise me. It got nominated. Right. Don't don't write it off because just like with us, like with Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff, wasn't yeah, so interested minute, at yeah. first. And then yeah. in the end, it was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. You're so right. maybe it's when the you're same. Right, you're right. Yeah. Maybe it's the same thing with Lower Decks. But anyway, really cool to see uh, all those Trek shows getting those kind of props. Now, as a toy collector, Speaking of Star Trek, it on on a negative side of sorts, it was recently announced that Playmates Toys no longer has the license to the Star Trek line. Wow. 
Yeah, and the, yeah, you got them on the screen there. Uh, we're looking at it here in the studio. You, you're very well acquainted with those toys because those were the ones that you collect and collected as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah. Meg is a bona fide geek. Let me tell you, she don't <laughs> don't anybody think that she isn't because boy oh boy, yeah, but, I got we got my originals from the '90s and I got my new ones. So. Yeah, yeah, she loves the the Playmate Star Trek toys, and th- that line started in the early '90s with the next gen figure and everything and then it eventually it extended into all the movies and ds9 and voyager and classic trek all that stuff i have a ton of them as well uh luke has like every toy that was made from play from playmates between like 1992 and 1998 or whatever it is he's got a crazy collection of that stuff i love those toys but unfortunately they tried to recently do a resurgence i think you picked up a couple of them actually and they were really cool but i just think that there's the demand for them is not there anymore especially since you can still get the original ones pretty easily like you know you can find them at most toy uh, resale shops and toy shows and things like that. And they're not all that expensive with a few, you know, exemptions there. I mean, like if you try to get like a data redemption figure or a tapestry Picard or one of those ones that were like really limited, those are hard to get and expensive, but generally, yeah. To get a con figure or a Picard figure or whatever, like those, those are just not that hard to get. So I think that it was a noble try for playmates to try and, you know, revamp that line again, but it just, it, it was doomed. Yeah. I, I guess it's rumblings that super sevens moving away from star Trek too. Oh, really? Yeah, I they, like those super seven figures yeah, too. They did not have any Trek at the New York comic con display in October. Wow. And there's no Trek in their upcoming wow. release schedule at all. So right now it's not good timing for it. Maybe down the line it'll come back, but yeah, and well, and the problem with the Super 7, like, I am one of those people that loves Super 7 toys, the reaction figures, uh, but a lot of collectors complain and say, I'm not paying $18 yeah, a, a little, figure. They're a little expensive. They're a little expensive, but it's so funny how we'll, like, figure things like that out, because we'll be like, I'm not paying $18 for that, but then we're, like, the same people who'll be like, oh, I'll pay $100 for that rare <laughs> Labyrinth rare Funko, one. right, like you did, or I'll pay that much for this Mego figure or something like that. It's, like, it's funny how we wait that out in our heads like what's worth it and what's not toy math yeah toy math exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's a perfect perfect term for it but in any case yeah so for uh any star trek fans and star trek collectors out there we're kind of going into a dark period here unfortunately so and again if any of you out there do collect this stuff uh let us know i'd love to hear your thoughts on this So moving away from toys and movies and all that stuff, I wanted to get into something that I don't get to talk that much about on here and I need to do more of in this year. And that is talking about music stuff. They just at the end of the year, they just announced a slew (laughs) of tours that are going to be happening in 2024. And I mean, there's a ton of them. There's going to be a lot of artists touring in 2024, especially since that's the only way any of us make any money anymore, if we're (laughs) lucky. But the ones that really caught my eye and I want to talk about here real briefly are there's a lot of really cool like package tours that are going on coming up this year. Some of these package tours were uh, Def Leppard and Journey 
along with a rotating list of opening bands, which include the Steve Miller Band, Heart, and Cheap Trick. That's going to be a killer show. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm wearing a Def Leppard shirt right now. You are, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Def Leppard and Journey, two of my favorites. So that that's awesome. That's a really good tour. Another one on a personal level I'm really excited about is Adam Ant, uh, you know, from England, from Adam and the Ants fame. Adam Ant and the English Beat. Another great show. Yeah, so if you're into like 80s new wave kind of stuff like that, that's a really good one that's going to be coming through here in like February, March, April. Another one that we have intentions on going to see is Sammy Hagar and Loverboy. Mm -hmm. And what's particularly interesting about this Sammy Hagar tour is that he has teamed up with, it's like a super group, so it's Sammy Mike Anthony on bass and vocals from Van Halen. So you've got half of the Van Hagar, Van Halen era. Mm -hmm. You've got Joe Satriani on guitar, which is, I mean, come on, it's Joe (laughs) Satriani. And then you've got Jason Bonham on drums. You know, obviously, if I got to tell people who Jason Bonham is, just look it up. Uh, You know, he's a legend now in his own right, just like his dad. And they're going to be primarily focusing on playing Van Halen stuff. Mm. Which is cool for somebody like me because I never got to see uh, the Van Hagar lineup. I never saw that live. So that's pretty exciting. And that's why I really want to go see it now. And especially with Satriani playing Van Halen stuff. Come on, man. (laughs) And Loverboy is cool, too. I've got, uh, you know, I like quite a few of their songs. I even play some of them in the cover band. So that's cool. Uh, another one that is a personal favorite of this one over here to my right. <laughs> yes. Brian Adams is coming back. Oh, I'm going. <laughs> Are you going to go? I gotta. Yeah. Brian Adams and the Arrhythmics, which is super cool. Uh, you know, so sweet dreams are made of this mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There mm-hmm. must be an angel. Uh, you know, would I lie to you? That's going to be a night full of hits. Take my money. Yeah. So that's a really good one. Moving over into the metal world, Pantera, which is contentious, I know, because it's only half of Pantera because obviously the brothers are, are gone, you know, Dime and Vinny are gone. But uh, the reformed Pantera with Zach Wilde and uh, Charlie Benante on drums are coming around with Lamb of God opening. That's a big metal show right there. Pantera and Lamb of God. That's going to sell out. Uh, On the complete opposite of that, (laughs) you've got in the uh, Southern rock world, which I would love to see this show personally, Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. Oh my gosh. That's a good one. I haven't, I've never seen ZZ Top, Mm -mm. which is weird. You'd think I would have seen him by now, but I've never seen ZZ Top and I've seen Skinner a couple times, but it's been, oh gosh, I don't think I've seen Skinner in 20 years or more. So that, that would be cool to see. Uh, Speaking of Satriani, he's also going to be doing a tour because again, these are all these cool pairings. Joe Satriani and his very famous former student, Steve Vai. So if you're a guitarist like me and you're a guitar nerd, you kind of almost can't top that one. You know, Mm. Uh, here's one that you would be interested in. And actually me too. Kenny Chesney and the Zac Brown band are touring together. That'd be a great show. That would be a great show. I've never seen Chesney. We saw Zac Brown several years ago and everything. Yeah, they were really good, but never seen Chesney. The problem with Chesney is his tickets are always so expensive, man. Mm -hmm. Speaking of expensive tickets, the other big tour news, because, I mean, it's got to be one of the last tours for these guys, is the Rolling Stones. Wow. You believe they're touring, but you know what's crazy? I listened to that new Stones album a little bit. It's fantastic. Is it really? It's so good. (laughs) 
Like, I mean, if you like the Rolling Stones, if you don't like the Rolling Stones, you're not going to think it's fantastic if you're not into that kind of stuff. But I heard it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so like energetic and wow. like it just, it yeah, it doesn't sound like music made by a bunch of 80 year old guys. You know what <laughs> I mean? It was really good. I was, I was blown away. Uh, <laughs> here's another one for people not quite as old, but definitely a throwback. We've got New Kids on the Block are coming back. That what? was actually a great show when I went and saw it. I would see that again. Yeah. Well, this time, New Kids are coming around with Paula Abdul nice. and DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> so that, that'll that be fun. Yes. that's that's That sounds like a really fun show. That's going to be for all you 90s kids, man. That's a lot of dancing right there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then for you early 2000s kids, we've got a team up of Pink and Cheryl Crow. That would be a fabulous show yeah that's interesting and that's an interesting it's an interesting pairing, pairing yeah because cheryl's so much more kind of like rootsy rock you know mm-hmm. pop kind of thing and pink is like a little bit more like that rock, energetic rock. dancey pop kind of rock <laughs> thing screw with me and find out <laughs> rock yeah there you go yeah pink will kick your ass man <laughs> cheryl crow might as well now that i think about it you know they're 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 no slouches and then last but not least there's a bunch of other ones but for i can't leave out all the the 90s uh you know punk rock kind of kids and stuff this would be the one that would appeal to matt if matt mm-hmm. was here and that is green day smashing pumpkins and rancid <laughs> oh my god i kind of want to go to that show like I like all three bands. I especially like Smashing Pumpkins and the and Rancid. Green Day's okay. I like some of their stuff. I like their earlier stuff. That's going to be a really really good show. Is anybody out there going to any of these shows? Have any of you got tickets yet for any of these? Because I would love to know. Speaking of tours, and it's actually the last tour that uh, I went to go see, or when yeah, I was I think it was the last show that I got to go see back uh, around Thanksgiving. Was Kiss just recently ended their their never-ending, it seemed, farewell tour, and they did them at Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, those shows were fraught with a lot of complaints afterwards, one not least of which because KISS fans are pains in the asses. (laughs) And listen, if anybody out there is going to get all, like, offended, I am a massive... the biggest... I am a massive KISS fan. So if anybody... And if people want to sit there and be like, well, I bet you're not that big of a KISS fan, oh challenge me i i dare you to challenge me you got a kiss hoodie on right now i'm actually. wearing a kiss hoodie right now over my deaf leopard shirt yeah i am i i you know, are a fanatic i know my kiss stuff i know the trivia i can tell you the, all the catalog numbers of each vinyl record that's how much of a dork i am about it i can do it by memory i enjoyed i loved the, the last two shows that I saw, I thought they were great fun. But from what I understand, the big complaint was a lot of people paid a lot of money and went through a lot of trouble and traveled from all over the world to go to these farewell shows, expecting it to be some big, spectacular farewell. Especially the last one. The last one ever in, in New York, where they're from, at Madison Square Garden, you know, like everybody expected there might be something special and they did nothing special. It's just like all the other shows. Right. It was basically just like all the other shows, except for the very end where Kiss just sort of like they didn't even really say goodnight. They just sort of like at the end after Rock and Roll Night and the confetti and smashing the guitar, there was a bunch of smoke and the band just sort of like disappeared into it. 
And then up on the screens, all of a sudden, a new video showed, and it was announcing that KISS will be, quote-unquote, carrying on, but they will be carrying on in virtual reality AI form of sorts, where it's going to be the KISS avatars. So it's going to be these computer-generated KISS guys are going to be going out, and I guess I, they, they it's really vague. Like, they haven't really thoroughly explained how they're going to do this or anything they're going to be um yeah computer generated versions of the kiss guys that are going to be going out and performing whether it's going to be a tour or it's going to be like at a place i mean have they even like announced when this is supposed to happen do we know so it does say that they have announced the first digital avatar show that will take place, but not until 2027. And that makes sense because, to be honest with you, I saw the video of the digital avatars and I was like, this this doesn't look all that great. Mm. And I'm not trying to, again, I'm not one of these people that's like so many of these other KISS fans that complains about everything. Like, I'm grateful for what I get when it comes <laughs> to KISS for the most part. But I was looking at them and I'm like, this doesn't look that great. And I thought there might be more to it. Like when ABBA just recently started doing this, where they've, they're having shows where ABBA, quote unquote, ABBA is performing, but they're like these digital avatars, almost like these holograms of sorts that are performing there with a live band and the actual artists like uh, voices, you know, it's their real voices and stuff. But obviously the the members of ABBA are in their like 70s and 80s now, like they mm-hmm. can't they can't do all that. So they lo- the avatars look like classic 1977 ABBA. And from everything I've heard, it's supposed to be phenomenal. Like it's a really cool experience and they actually built their own venue for it to be able to support this and stuff. Cause like, I just, I don't think you can just take that sort of thing out and have it be in Allstate arena or Madison square garden or something like that. Like, I think you have to have a special facility that can facilitate, handle all that stuff, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's new technology and everything. So it makes sense that this isn't going to be for another three years because I think they got to figure all that out. Yeah, they got a lot of work to do. And I'm looking forward to checking it out, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But a lot of people were really disappointed that that was all we got. And some people felt like they should have just waited. Like we should have just had a proper ending. Right. That's why it took away from what the farewell tour is. Right. And the final show that all these people paid a ton of money to be there for. Right. It's supposed to be a special night for them. And it was taken away. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was, I can see this how it was. not a farewell at all. It just, yeah. And that was the idea. They're like, we're not saying goodbye. We're just showing you the night. It's like, oh, you know, people needed to say goodbye, man. Yeah. Like, I think they needed to do that. And people were complaining that Kiss themselves just didn't show any kind of like, you know, they could have broke the fourth wall a little bit and shown a little more emotion about the whole thing. And I mean, people that I know that actually even know the Kiss guys personally, some of the people I know who know them personally came out and said like, oh, you know, what a, what a fucking disappointment. You know, these guys should have been being teary eyed and they should have thrown out. They should have mentioned Eric Carr for Christ's sakes, you know, since he died and he was such a big part of Kiss. Should have mentioned Bruce Kulick and Ace Freely. They should have done something, even if it was just really brief. They could have done something. I thought maybe at the very end, but you know, like before Rock and Roll Night or something like that, I thought maybe they would do uh, Let Me Know the first song, off the first album, the first 
first song that Gene and Paul ever wrote together. <laughs> and and they used to do as an encore back when they did the Kiss Alive tour and stuff like that back in 75. Like, I thought maybe they'd do something just unique for that one show. You know what I mean? And they didn't. It was just like business as usual. And it's well, like... Because to them it is, because it's not their last show. They've yeah, still got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I think they miscalculated that personally. Yep. And then one last final note. Uh, speaking of Kiss, we can mention a very well-known ex of Gene Simmons, uh, none other than Cher. She became the first female artist in history to have a number one hit song on the charts in each of the last seven decades. She has had a number one song in every decade for the last seven decades. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. Yeah, first female artist in history to do that. She scored a number one song on the Billboard charts this December with uh, the song DJ Play a Christmas Song. I heard it one time on the radio. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, I didn't really, I heard it like once too. For it being number one, you think it would have got played a little bit more, but I guess they didn't have any room with having to play Mariah Carey over and over again, <laughs> you know? So, But in any case, that's cool. I, I love Cher. I think Cher's awesome. You like Cher, don't you? <laughs> Oh, yeah. She puts on a fabulous show. Yeah. You guys went oh, and saw that. that. Amazing. I, yeah. I saw her years ago and she was great. So, yeah, she's she's excellent. So, you know, cheers to her. But uh, all right. So let's get a little uh, word from our sponsor here before we move on to the next segment. You down for that? I'm down. All right. Here we go. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we are back with a little bit of that good old smooth, smooth talking squad talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be like old, like 70s, you know, soul radio DJ or something. Is that what that was supposed it, to be? Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the first to admit it didn't work. So in the squad talk segment, uh, we usually talk more about real world kind of stuff or, you know, things that are being discussed. It's not just about fantastical things or, you know, uh, trailers or media news stuff. This is more just like about the chats that go on amongst us in the group. So we have a bunch of little things that you all in the Geeking Squad group shared and brought up, and I thought they were worth, uh, worth talking about. So our aforementioned pal, Matt, shared a funny yet I thought it was kind of a, a thought-provoking meme where he talked about one of my favorite movies. In fact, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this when we did our top 20 favorite movies of all time. I, I know I definitely focused. To me, they're kind of almost like one movie, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Mm -hmm. uh, so he brought up something about Infinity War that I hadn't really thought about, and it was the fact that earlier in the movie, there's the scene where uh, Thanos's uh, minions show up on Earth, and they're trying to get the next Infinity Stone, and Doctor Strange and the heroes start fighting against them, and at one point, Doctor Strange uses his portal power mm -hmm. 
to basically cut off the arm of this one creature. I forget the creature's name. It's it's one of Thanos's big baddie monsters or whatever. It it closes in on his arm as he's trying to reach through it. Strange, and it cuts his arm right off. And they showed it. They made a very big point of showing that it cut his arm off. And they made a point of showing that it did that and that it was capable of doing that and everything. Yet. The rest of the movie almost is spent with these same heroes, Strange included, trying to figure out in vain how they can get the Infinity Gauntlet off of Thanos' hand. I mean, they made a big show of that. The whole thing where, you know, Mantis is trying to put him to sleep and everything and Peter's trying to pull the gauntlet off his arm and all this and all. They won't come off and blah, blah, blah. So my question is, when they were doing all that, why couldn't Doctor Strange have used his portal power to just chop off the arm with the gauntlet on it? So clearly it's because Thanos is the strongest character that ever was in the MCU because he's way stronger. He just tosses around Captain Marvel like she's nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which also irritated you, but... <laughs> yeah, it, it did because I think it's inaccurate. But I mean, you, so you're thinking that he was so strong that that portal wouldn't have been able to cut off his arm? I don't think they could have tricked him long enough for the portal to do what it needed to do for him to stay put. Yeah, I suppose that's true. He would have had some way to counteract that. It wasn't going to be that easy. Which maybe that would have been cool if they tried it and then showed him like destroying the portal. Yeah, I was just going to say maybe that would have been more satisfactory is that it, since they showed it happen earlier it, it almost feels like that could have been like a really good precursor for being like oh they could do that again and if they would have shown that that wouldn't have worked on him or something then it would have been like oh, oh wow okay. yeah. you know like yeah exactly otherwise because as it stands right now it just feels like a loophole you it know? does yeah so okay all right fair enough all right just like i yeah, said very interesting that's a good point <laughs> few different points here that different members brought up about some of these movies another one is chris lynn shared um article meme thing that was discussing the fact that none of these willy wonka remakes they've done over the last couple of decades have ever gotten it right mainly due to the fact that he was so unhinged and unpredictable and when I say he, I'm meaning the Gene Wilder version, the, mm -hmm. what most people consider to be the Willy Wonka. Yeah. And in that version, you really didn't know, honestly, if he was going to let the kids die. <laughs> it's so true. Because it, it, it was so because he was so sinister and everything. <laughs> and I got to say, to me, that's like that's one of the main reasons why I think these new Wonka movies haven't really been able to like take off. I think that's what like the Tim Burton version got wrong, even though I didn't hate that version. Like I haven't hated any of these other versions of it from what I've seen of them. What was so appealing to people and what made, you know, adults and all different people get into it was the fact that it wasn't just some like la 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 kitty movie. It was like, wait a minute, this is really twisted. Yeah. Not just twisted in that like, wow, it's so psychedelic and weird. No, but it was kind of messed up. It was kind of menacing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was it was like the kind of movie that at the same time, you know, if you were like a 10 year old kid, you could watch that movie and be like, OK, on one hand, I love this because oh my, I wish there was like a Wonka factory like that and I could go there and swim in the chocolate and all these other kind of stuff. But at the same time, you'd have nightmares about it, too, because you'd be like, oh, my God, that's a terrifying place. Right. This guy in his eye, big eyes and crazy yeah. hair. This guy's trying to kill me and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Even when he freaks out at Charlie at the end, mm -hmm. like there was so much drama there. Yeah. 
and everything. And th- and that movie just had this perfect balance of drama and comedy and silliness and, you know, heartfelt moments and everything. That's what makes the original Willy Wonka so good that these other movies have not really gotten right. Now, that being said, though, I got to say that the newly released Wonka movie, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen parts of it and stuff, but it's been like received pretty well from yeah, what I've seen doing pretty good. But what I, but I think what's making it work is that from everything I've seen and know about it, it's taking like a totally different type of like approach to it. Okay. And like from how do I explain it? I saw somebody else explain it this way. And then I was like, Oh, that makes sense from again, from what I know of it is that they kind of took an approach to it. Like they did with the Paddington movies where it's got, like it, you're taking this like child's book, this something somewhat simple kind of, you know, kid's story thing, but they're adding this maturity to it that plays better for like adults and stuff like that. And it, it's, it's hard to explain, but from what I read, I was like, Oh, okay. At least if they're going to do something with this story, then they're going to, they're going, they're like, we're not even going to try to match the original, which I feel like in some ways the other movie did. It was trying to be like, oh, we're going to be the new version of the original Willy Wonka movie. Oh, okay. And it, it, it didn't, didn't work. It didn't work. Okay. But this one's like, no, 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 no. We're going to approach it from like a different angle and stuff. So I'm definitely more interested now in seeing this new one after the little bits I've seen and the reviews I've seen of it and stuff. Uh, you know, whether it's going to live up to the Gene Wilder version, I don't know. But yeah, I don't think you. It's like apples and oranges. Right. And I think that's the approach they took with this one. So as such, I'm kind of more interested now in seeing it. So (laughs) if I do see it, I'll have to let you guys know what I thought and everything. Yes, please. Lisa Nicole in the group actually mentioned an article. (laughs) Oh, my God. Even just thinking about this is making my stomach churn right now. (laughs) She uh, mentioned that scientists have came up with a way to make a thicker, and more long-lasting flavored Malort. Oh, God. So that, so, so that when you drink it, it lasts longer on your tongue. Why? Why? Yeah. I mean, was anybody asking for that? Right. <laughs> like, does anybody... I, I want to know, it's, again. I want to know, does anybody out there drink Malort for the taste? Like, do you uh, actually like the taste of Malort? Now, I have to say that there are times that I've drank Malort and it's been okay not great but it was okay and then there were times like when we did the challenge when we did the trivia torture right which is actually why she shared this in the group oh okay we did that before so she shared it just so we could relive (sighs) that horror of a moment damn you lisa (laughs) why would you do that to us because it did it it, and i I gotta say it it got everybody in the group dry dry heat (laughs) like the reactions from everybody in the group when she shared that was like oh like oh my god it's just terrible yeah we we yeah yeah i do not recommend one star <laughs> do not recommend yeah because like half uh, a star yeah half a star no stars yeah exactly <laughs> i do not need a thicker and longer lasting malort nobody in the world needs that you know maybe unless you're trying to force it upon use it as like ways of uh Getting Torture. people to like getting people to tell the truth or something, you know, or something using it like castor oil or one of those. Like, remember that was always a thing. <laughs> remember that in the old cartoons, it was always like 
there there was the thing like about taking castor oil. You would see that in like a Tom and Jerry cartoon mm-hmm. where the bottle would accidentally tip over and Jerry'd swallow a bunch of it and get sick and everything. Like I, th- as a kid, now I never had or was around castor oil, but as a kid, I was like terrified of castor oil because of those cartoons. <laughs> when I was a kid back in the day, like the worst things that could happen would have been being forced to drink castor oil and quicksand yes because <laughs> everything was quicksand man i that really thought be a real problem yeah exactly like that joke <laughs> i forget where that joke came from but it is true that is a, like a spot-on joke that it's like when we were kids we thought quicksand was gonna really be a problem in our lives lastly here for this segment uh chris lynn again she shared a cool choose meme we haven't had choose memes in a while now I shouldn't say that. We have had choose memes, but they've been ones that have been propagated by us mm-hmm. and that we did for the holidays and stuff. Uh, that's why right. we were so busy. We kind of normally we would have been doing that in uh, segments like this, but we had some choose memes that we actually did some videos and we've got some cool YouTube shorts for those that don't want to sit through the whole video. If you just want to see the the one minute result, you know, look uh, through our YouTube shorts and you will see them. We did some holiday ones, but we have one that has nothing to do with holidays. It has to do with the old West. (laughs) And this was a cool one because I was like, oh, this, this actually was really thought provoking for me because I grew up watching a lot of these shows. Did you? Oh yeah. Back in the seventies and even the early eighties on the weekends, especially like on a Sunday morning, it was always all about these shows it was the old westerns and stuff because they were still like in syndication and reruns and stuff back then and that's what i grew up with i didn't have cable you know i had five stations or something to choose from and that Mm -hmm. was it so this meme asks you're in trouble in old west tv land which one of these characters do you want to come help you and out of that the choices were the character matt dillon and we're not talking about matt dillon from there's something about mary matt dillon not the actor but the cowboy, Matt Dillon, he was from Gunsmoke. We have Paladin from Have Gun Will Travel. You might know that from, uh, uh, what's the Stephen King movie? Stand By Me when they're singing about Paladin. Uh, Jim West from The Wild Wild West. And we're, again, we're not talking about Will Smith and his Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas McCain from The Rifleman. Another Kane from Kung Fu. That's the most modern one on this list because that was from the 70s. And then last but not least... The Lone Ranger. So we were asked to pick one of those. Meg, can you pick any of those? Are you familiar with these? Not really. No. Oh, that surprises me. No, but I'm going to go off these pictures. And I was choosing between Jim West. Okay. Because he looks real sharp. He's a very sharp dressed man. Yeah. Good haircut. But he doesn't have a a cowboy hat. That's just not right. Maybe he's just not wearing it in this picture. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then, of course, the Lone Ranger. Yeah. That one I remember the best, and he's got a cool mask, so you don't know who he is. Right. So we can just kind of, once the fighting's over, just take the mask off and walk around like normal people, and nobody will know who we are. And he's got a cool horse. Silver. Silver. Hi-ho, silver. Yes. That's it. Yep. So, I, I mean, that's the one I remember the most from this list, so I go the Lone Ranger. Well, I'm with you. For me, it's Lone Ranger. Now, I watched all of these, and they're all cool. They're all good for different reasons and stuff. But the Lone Ranger, I was a big, big fan of Lone Ranger when I was a kid. Plus, it was also helped by the fact that in the late 70s, early 80s, they came out with the Legend of the Lone Ranger movie. They did that movie and stuff. So that was a Mm -hmm. big deal for me back then. And I I watched all of these. Ironically, one of the ones that I used to watch all the time is not on this list. And that's the Cisco Kid. 
I used to watch that all the time on WGN Channel 9 in Chicago and stuff. So I would have that would have been tough for me. But yeah, I got to go with Lone Ranger. Um, I would say my follow up. I might go with uh, uh, Chuck Connors, uh, Lucas McCain from The Rifleman. Mm-hmm. He was a badass. Yeah. Chuck Connors is a bad dude, man. So, yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on. What do you suggest? And we are in the home stretch here. This is where we suggest to all of you at home something that we are into that we think you should go and check out. Uh, And it can be any number of things, books, movies, TV, music, whatever. This week, it is a TV show. And this is one that I talked about not too long ago on the Squadcast here when it was announced that it was coming out. Well, I recently started watching it and... Just like the first season, maybe even more so than the first season, I am really loving the second season. And that is Disney Plus's Marvel Cinematic Universe's What If Season 2. Mm. Oh, man. I'm Good. digging. Yeah, I'm digging the hell out of it. I, I just, I, first of all, I'm a big fan of the What If comic books. That's that's one of my biggest, biggest, biggest uh favorites of all time when it comes to comic book series is the Marvel What If series. I always loved those ever since I was little. They were some of the first comics I ever read, which was kind of confusing for a kid who didn't know the regular <laughs> the regular lore of a lot of these characters. And then I'm reading the What If versions of it and stuff, which is even more screwy, these like multiverse stories. But they are doing such a good job with this series. I'm really loving it. And so far, I have not finished it yet, actually. Uh, it aired every day from, like, I forget, it was, like, December 22nd through the 31st or something like that. They aired it every day up until okay. the new year. I only watched the first few episodes. I really am liking it. I love the art style. I love the fact that they get almost all of the actual original actors to come in and voice their respective characters. Of course, they don't They don't have, you know, the real Tony Stark on there and stuff like that. They, you know, they can't afford him. I don't think he's he's Robert Downey Jr. is not going to do that. But uh, but the people they do get do a great job. And I love the whole take on it. I love that we get to see some of these other ancillary characters like Howard the Duck in there. And, <laughs> really? Yeah. Howard the Duck and Korg, you know, they get to play like bigger roles in this stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so if you liked the first season of What If, then I definitely suggest you check out the second because so far I'm actually liking it even more than the first one and it does carry over with some of the characters like Captain Peggy Carter is in this new one too which oh, we wow. which we first saw in the first season and then we saw her briefly in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and stuff but again I know she died in that but we have to remember there are multiple Captain Peggy Carters throughout the multiverse and stuff so the one that died in the movie is not the only one but anyway like soap opera now oh it's ridiculous they're dead, they're not yeah. dead. Multi- multiverse stuff is really confusing and I get that and I know that might be what turns some people off from what if and I know some people are like well I want the real movie I don't want animated I, I like animated stuff but I can be picky about animated animation too you know this no i it, i the animation it doesn't take me out of it at all i i love it and i watch it with the same kind of um interest and sincerity that i watch loki or i watch 
WandaVision or I watch Endgame or anything, I think it's great. I really suggest you guys check it out if you haven't already. Megan, what have you got to recommend? Um, I am recommending an old show that I used to love. Okay. And I recently found it on Hulu again. And I started binge watching it and I forgot how much I absolutely adore this TV show. And so I've been watching it absolutely nonstop. If I'm home, it's on. I watched all Christmas break. And that is the 2005 TV show Bones. 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 So that is based off the books from Kathy Wright. And she actually helps produce the show and all that. Um, but it follows t- Dr. Temperance Brennan, who's a forensic anthropologist. Okay. And that's her nickname is Bones, given to her by the FBI specialist that she's working with, Celie Booth. Okay. And they basically solve crimes using Bones, sees what the Bones tells us. So it's, it's very interesting. Uh, forensic anthropology, it's always something that's always fascinated me. And the fact that she specializes in Bones really fascinates me because I always want to be an archaeologist. Right. And that's more with bones, not so much the the fleshy, gooey pieces of it <laughs> I gotcha. that still smell. So and and of course it's 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 goofy and silly. It's a it's a dramedy. So they got serious, very serious pieces into it. Not everybody's safe from dying oh, in this okay. um it's twelve seasons, so there's plenty of it to binge watch too. So wow. I am so Super excited! I found this, and I can binge watch all twelve seasons. Now, what's it? What's it on? It is on Hulu. Hulu, okay. For, okay. for the Hulu subscription, yes. Okay, nice. All right, and then last but not least, uh, we always recommend like a channel or you know some kind of other content creator out there that we think is worth looking into because obviously we love that you all watch and listen to us and everything, but there's a lot of other really great channels out there and a lot that we're big fans of. And one of the ones that I've recently become a bigger fan of is a channel on YouTube called Michael Crawford Captain Toy. So Michael's been doing this for a long time. He's been doing his Michael's Review of the Week thing on a website. He's got a website that's mwctoys.com. And now he's got a YouTube channel that goes along with that. And he has this crazy, crazy action figure collection. You you watch the videos and you watch him walk up and down these aisles. And I mean like aisles of toys that he's got. Mm -hmm. And most of them, he does have some that are in the package, but most of them are out of the package and they're displayed on these shelves. It's really impressive. And it's a great place to go to find out like what new figures are out there and like, how do they look? How, how are they posable and stuff? Cause that could be important if you're a person that opens figures, you know what I mean? Like I mostly keep mine in the package a lot of times, but for a lot of people out there that like to open them and pose them and make dioramas and stuff, you need to know like, well, how do they look out of the package? Like, is it going to be worth my money? Sometimes these figures look great, but then you go to pose them and they fall over and they're mm-hmm. just kind of shoddily yeah. made. So he gets like pretty in depth with showing them and talking about them. And he goes all, all through stuff. He's got videos where it's like the best Santa Claus action figures or best chef or cook action figures. He has best Catwoman action figures and there's a lot of them. Wow. Really? You know, I'm, yeah, because I mean, Catwoman's been having action figures made ever since, you know, the, the late 60s, early 70s and stuff, you know, at least since they did Mego figures. I'm not sure if they did one in like the 
the Captain action or whatever the related line was with that. But yeah, so there's there's tons of them. You know, he's got videos that are just about Rick and Morty action figures and so on. It's really good stuff. And uh, I just think it's worth looking into and checking out if you're into. I know a lot of the people that watch and listen to us are into toys just like I am. So yeah, Michael Crawford has a great channel out there. Check him out on YouTube and also at his website, mwctoys.com. And uh, with that, I think we're done. That's all she wrote, folks. We will be back very soon, hopefully. Uh, We've got a lot of plans for 2024, a lot of new content. We're going to be doing a lot more toy stuff, a lot more of these like polls and countdowns. We're going to be doing a lot more of the video shorts, all that. Make sure you follow us on TikTok. We've got a TikTok channel now. Sure do. And Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, Hopefully we'll see you there. So take it easy, everybody. See you soon. Bye, guys.